You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. go there you go get us started for another weekend of fun and frivolity faith and yeah throw faith in there a little bit (laughs) yeah i can't think of another word that rhymes with faith and uh, going to work and making some money so you can pay your bills (laughs) hey shout out to jeff page jeff is another uh area businessman that contacted me he said hey i want to engrave your cups for you amen he said i do uh engraving and he's got a, a business called uh, a beam above, huh. a beam above, and uh, kind of cool. He's got a great logo, and he's here in St. Thomas, and he was going to do the cups for us, and uh, I was headed out the next day when he got hold of me, and I said, can you, can you do them today? He goes, oh, I'm two or three weeks yes. out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. man, I want, to, I want to get it done and get it down to you. So he goes, Nick, when you get some time free, give me a call. I'll take care of it for you, and awesome. uh, hook you up on that. So that was neat. Great story. Uh, somebody gave me a pool years ago, uh, an above-ground pool. It was an 18-foot above-ground pool. And so I brought it home. I painted it, cleaned it up, got a liner, fixed the pump, all that kind of stuff. And my kids swam in it for about five or six years. And I got done with it, so I gave it away. And uh, a guy called me and said, hey, can I have that pool? And I said, yeah, man, come and get it. And he came and got it. Uh, fast forward about 30 years, I'm at the men's conference in Simcoe, um, our Man Up conference uh, back in March. And this guy says, hey, did you have a pool years ago, an 18-foot pool? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I, I, I'm the guy that got That's it. Awesome. I'm Jeff Page. So that was really cool. So I thought that was Amen. neat. So Jeff, God bless you. And, uh, yeah, that so was in the bigger house niche of the church. Uh, no, no, oh, no. Okay. This was when we were out in the Ferndale subdivision. Oh, okay. Um, okay, gotcha. Remember yep. we had that huge yes, backyard, yes. the long backyard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, awesome. that one. So, no, the one, the two houses down from the church had an in-ground That's pool. That's right. That's right, yeah. Which which had a great diving board and it was a lot of fun, but man, was that a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, hey, you know, serving the Lord, the church bought a piece of property so we could expand and it just happened to have a pool and uh, all the bedrooms we needed. And yeah, it was right next amazing? door to the church. Imagine that. Oh, well, neat how the Lord does that. So Amen. Not a lot of kids have a pool growing up, but mine did. So there you go. It's a lot of fun. Good. Hey, it's Friday, and uh, you gave an idea of maybe talking about, um, you know, bivocational and faith. How does, that, how does that work together? How does that tie together? Yeah, I think that's, uh, l- let me say right now, this is not a judgment. This is not a condemnation. This is not, uh, you know, some kind of a slight because uh, you and I both know, we've talked to so many pastors that men who are bivocational oftentimes feel guilty. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's the most common thing that, that a bivocational pastor feels is guilty. Because, you know, maybe I'm not living by faith. Maybe I'm not. And they measure themselves by other people. And, of course, the Bible says that that isn't wise. And then whenever there's 
another pastor who's not bivocational, by choice, and he's mm-hmm. struggling, they have a tough time not being jealous or envious. Right. You know, I mean, and, and that's just, I'm just talking about a a standard, yep. you know, understanding there's going to be people that, I never did that, or I've never seen that. But that's just general, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that it's either guilt or sometimes a resentment yeah. that, you know, how come I right. have to work, right? Right. And, you know, these other guys, they seem to have it so easy. Yes. Well, you chose to go there. That, that seemed to be God's leading, and, and I believe in God's leading. And if God led you to a place where you've got to work, I, I think that's that that should be a testament of your character and, and what God thinks you can handle. And on the other hand, if God leads a guy to another place where it's not that, then that's God's doing. That's not yours. And I have been in, you know, both situations where I went to Cleveland and I had a job and I had a paycheck, but I did choose to go out and work outside of what I was doing. I, I worked a lot within the ministry where I could make some extra money. Uh, I did you know, janitorial work. I coached, which paid a little bit extra. Um, I did the print shop, which paid a little mm-hmm. bit extra. I worked at that radio station that you mentioned. That was extra. And that, again, brought Ruthie and I up to $10,000 together yeah. um, total, right? right? Which back even back then was not a lot of money. And then I come to a church here where you know, the church couldn't pay me at yep. all. And I had to get a job. I had yep. to I had to earn some money to make it. And I had a little bit of support from Cleveland Baptist Church, but it wasn't enough to live in this country. So yeah, it's uh it's a tough thing. I just talked to a young man uh last week who wants to come to Canada and uh, he's excited about coming. I'm excited about him coming. And I said, Now I'm gonna give you a reality check. If you come and you start a church, you're gonna have to raise about ten thousand dollars a month, maybe a little more to live and start a ministry in this country. 10,000 a month, that's $120,000 a year. And man, his eyes got big. I said, just so you know, if you and your wife go to the grocery store to get groceries for the two of you, you're probably gonna spend anywhere from 150 to $200 if you go easy on the yes. meat. Yep. And man, his eyes got big. I said, you're gonna rent for about, for the two of you, if you get a one bedroom, you'll get it for around 2,000 in our city. If you go to Toronto, it's going to be three. Oh, yes. You know, and, and, and just eyes popping. There's a reality that it's you're going to need something to live, and you better count those costs before you go. Yeah, so you're looking at 120 churches supporting you at $100 a month, which isn't right. always what churches do. You know, some do 50, no. some do 75, some do 25. I, I know... That doesn't right. seem, I mean, every church can do whatever they want, but to me, I'd rather do more missionaries, at, at less missionaries at a higher level, because I, I know right. some churches, uh, they almost brag about, you know, hey, we support 70, 70 missionaries. And I, and I asked the pastor, yeah. I said, how yeah. in the world can you support? And he said, yeah. well, it's it's around 20 or $25 a month. And, and I was like, oh, I know. okay, you know. But, uh, yeah. you know, they wanted to get to that point of saying, we support 100 yeah. missionaries. You know, that was their goal. And so, right. well, thank God, yeah. you know, but I would rather, you know, support fewer for, you yeah. know, more amount of money. Right. And and I think you better, again, this is kind of off topic, but if you're going to get 120 churches, how long is that going to take you? 
Yeah, that's going to take you two years. Oh, at least. least. I'm I'm finding the average is three and four years now, unless, you know, by the grace of God, you really, you know, God really expedites things. It's going to take you a while, and then you have to count the cost of traveling. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you going to spend while you're doing that, you know? So it's uh, sad that we have to talk about it, but money is a big part of ministry. It's a big part of life in general. But um, in the ministry, don't think that God's just going to drop bags of money from heaven you know, to pay your way. Every Bible character had to work hard to establish what they, what they did. I don't think Abraham just sat in a tent and said, okay, you know, I'm going to become a wealthy, wealthy man by just sitting around. He had to work hard. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. So if you're not if you're not apt to work hard, you might want to consider something other than ministry. Because if you don't work hard and fail at Walmart, that's not as bad as if you fail at you know helping people in their spiritual walk. Yeah, it's um, when you're thinking about having a career. Now, here's what happens many times. And again, I'm speaking in generalities. If this does not apply to you, then then fine. I'm just we're we're talking to younger individuals and trying to get them prepared for what may eventually happen in the future, which God only knows. But there there's a level to where some some men pastors in a church that's solid. You know, they're not they're not worried. Very few churches can just not worry about anything, but but they're basically they're not worried about their bills week to week. Um, whenever we say, "Well, bless God, I'm living my faith," it, it's a little bit less faith. Whenever your church is solvent, and you know, unless there's some earthquake or something, you're going to wind up getting a paycheck. You know that that's a little bit different. You know, like right now. Uh, with our church having paid off the mortgage and things like that, we're we're more stable. We can do more projects and things like that. So I am not personally worried, wondering what are we going to do next week? You know, I may not get mm-hmm. paid. We've been through that, though, and we've gone yes. through times like that. And so, mm-hmm. but it's still a little bit of a different situation. And I think sometimes when... Maybe you've been somewhere, and by whatever measure you have, you can measure a little bit of success, and there's some financial stability at that church now. Um, I think it's easy for us who may be in that situation to not have that real concern for others that are having a difficult time. Yeah. I had times in my life where I had to tell—well, actually, Pastor Holland would tell me, and I've shared this before— he he would say, Pastor, don't don't cash your paycheck for a couple of days. Yeah. I'm gonna write it out, but don't cash it for a couple of days. We gotta yep. see what the offerings are and what the bills are coming in. And we had we had several months in one year where we had to really be careful. We had a time where he said, You know what? we're just not yes. making it. I'm gonna go get a job and I will work a job and still do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And and I, I said, No, I'll go get a job. I'm the pastor. I'll get the job. He said, absolutely not. I will not allow you to do that. You're the pastor. You need to take care of the church. And he graciously did that for six months, but he hated the entire six months he did that and couldn't wait to come back. And I told him, the moment we can, you come back. But we went through that, and he did that. And I, you know, what I did was I became very, very cautious about spending a dime. I didn't spend anything. I'd tell the church, we don't have the money. We're not doing it. And so we did go through that. And there were times in, in my life where I had to, 
you know, I went without a paycheck a few mm-hmm. times so that I could pay my staff. Yep. And I would just tell them, just, I don't need it this week. We'll Amen. double it up later. And so you may have to do that. But that's the faith part of living. And having come through it, I am no worse the wear. I'm, I'm far better off as a Christian for trusting the Lord and seeing mm-hmm. him supply. And I think our church was better off for seeing how desperately we needed men in those positions. And so that faith aspect definitely comes in. But I'm not against a man saying, hey, our church is having a hard time. We're fewer in number. I'm just starting out. I'm going to get a job. And church, you have to understand, if I get a job, I can't do all the activities, right. and I can't be at your house every other night. And I can't, there's, I'm going to be limited in what I can do, but I'll do the best I can until we can get where we can yes. financially support. Now, here's the, here's the other side of that. How do you then get the people in the church to pay the salary of the pastor who wants to be full-time? How do you do that if he's working full-time? Well, the church has to do that. The church has to rally and say, hey, listen, we've got to build this church, and we've got to talk to people and invite people and and allow for that to happen. While at the same time, the pastor's using his uh, his, uh, uh, bivocational position to talk to people about the Lord as well. And then there's another generality— and so I'm just going to say it. There's a generality that a bivocational pastor um, can, when his church gets to the point where they can support him, sometimes has a real difficulty and chooses not to go full-time in the church but to keep his bivocational situation because he's a lot better off financially having that bivocational situation and the church has sort of gotten used to him not, you know, doing what he can, and the church still is doing well. I think that's probably that next hurdle that is extremely difficult to try to make those decisions. And and hmm. more often than not, I personally have seen, uh, you know, more pastors stay with that second career instead of giving mm-hmm. it up because— the family now has yeah. gotten to the point where, uh, you know, kids are older, maybe teens or, or young adults or even adults. And, you know, you're, you're maybe middle-aged and it's just a lot more financial security. And I can't tell them that they're right or wrong. You know, I mean, that's something that people have to wrestle with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the main thing I have to wrestle with is a- am I – Loving the Lord with all my heart, all my uh, soul, all my mind, all my strength, because that's the first commandment that we have. And so, you know, people just have to deal with that individually. Yeah. I met a young man, and and this will ruffle some feathers, but I I met a young man who said, I really want to get in ministry. I want to be full-time in the ministry. And I'm, I'm having to work bivocational, and I'm really struggling. And I said, so what does your wife do? Um, she she just stays home. And I said, how how big a home do you have? And he said, it, it's just a one bedroom. And I said, what does she do all day? Well, she just takes care of our home. And I said, why doesn't your wife work? Well, she doesn't want to. And I said, well, well want and need are two different things. Wouldn't it be better if you both worked? They had no children. Oh. They were newlyweds. I said... Wouldn't it be better? Well, she just thinks that she can better serve the ministry if she's free and doesn't have to work. I said, what ministry are you able to do if you're working bivocationally? 
And so there, we had quite a conversation. I absolutely believe with all my heart that until children come along, there is nothing wrong with a young woman working to support the family, um, not support, but you know what I mean, to assist in supporting the family. Um, I, I don't have any problem with that. I don't see any reason why she shouldn't do that. Um, you don't want to miss Sundays, obviously. If you can do something from your home, that's great. If you want to watch kids in your home, you can have your home and help out as well. But I I am not a supporter of, well, my wife's the keeper of the home. Well, that's great, but you can keep home with two people with no children quite easily and still do something else. I think you got to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Yep. You're thinking? Well, my other question would be how can we as pastors encourage other pastors to be strong in the position that they're taking believing that it's the will of God because you know that pressure there there is always that peer pressure or you know worried about success or whatever it is now I'm past that stuff because I've been a failure all my life so what yeah. does it matter but you know <laughs> I'm amazed at the number of pastors who feel this pressure from, from I don't know, it may not even exist. But anyway, they feel that this pressure from other pastors, like they have to be a certain level. And how can we encourage pastors, you know, bivocational or maybe not and struggling? In it? Regardless where you're at, stand strong in the Lord. How can we help them? Well, I I think you help by saying that every ministry is independent of every other ministry. Mm-hmm. That's why we call ourselves independent mm-hmm. Baptists. A lot of that is self-inflicted, and I did it. I did it to myself. I thought I have to be at this point, at this point in my life, I have to be running 100 the first two years. I have to be running 400 after five years. I got to be running 1,000 at some time. And man, I I beat myself up over that. I'm a failure. I'm a loser because I'm running 200 when I should be running 400. And and you start start looking at others, and when you look at others, you're in trouble. You got to look at where God has put you in your situation. Listen, Columbus, Ohio is not St. Thomas, Ontario. There, there are light years apart. I mean, it's so different. Mm-hmm. I can't judge what you're doing because I'm not yeah. there. And I learned that a long time ago. I went out to West Coast to see Brother Chapel and his ministry, and I came home and tried to mimic that. It didn't work because I'm not right. California. This is this is Canada. Yep. We're both very liberal, but we have snow four or five months out of the year. Exactly. I mean, it's different. You know, it's different. And the the mentality of people there is different than the mentality here. So you've got to take every ministry as it comes. And you have to just judge by what God has given you to do. All of us need to work hard, no question. All of us need to pour our hearts and lives into the ministry we've got, no question. All of us need to understand that if I do work hard and pour my heart, I might not get what you get. Amen. It's just different. And it's okay not to be what you are as long as I'm doing the best I can with what I have. That's the important Amen. thing. Well, I, I just see a great need there. It seems like every time I'm talking to pastors recently, you know, just in fellowship, um, you know, there's something that comes up that's heavy on their heart, and more often than not, it deals with finances. 
finances of the church, finances of home. Yeah. Hey, I thought of this verse. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number yes. or compare ourselves with some that commend yeah. themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not mm-hmm. wise. That's That takes back yep. that last point. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, say, no, say, I was done. But, but uh, you know, yeah. it just, it's, it exists. So we're talking, we started talking about Bible college. Should you get a career? Yeah. You're going to be dealing with this pressure your whole ministry. You're right. going to be dealing with So you have to determine God's will for you, and then you have to have the boldness and the courage to step out and do God's will, and then you have to stay in a position in your life that since you know that it's God's will and God gave you the strength to do it to remain and not to try to not quit later because of circumstances. I, I think all of that is really important. I think I think too there has been a pressure on pastors for years. People think, well, the pastor has to live by faith. And so you just need to trust the Lord. Well, that's great. Then let's do that together. You do that too. It's not just for pastors. Um, you know, and the church thinks, well, you know, the, the pastor should just live a simple life and and just, you know, if he just gets by, that's okay. Nobody thinks that. Nobody in the world thinks that's the way you should live personally. All of us want to have things. All of us want to um, get ahead, as it were, in this world. We want to take care of our families. I, I've, I've never been rich, and I'll probably never be rich, but I want to take care of my family. I want to take them on a nice vacation. I want to drive a decent vehicle that's not going to break down on the side of the road. I'd like to eat a nice restaurant once in a while. And for people to think, well, you know, the, the pastor should just be kept humble. Well, that is that is not in the Bible. That is not Bible at all. I don't know where that comes from. But I, I would say to that, that then you live that way. You live that way and give your money to the pastor and swap roles for a while and see if that works for you. It doesn't. Yeah, I I, I know some church members would say that, but I still think that's a a lesser amount. And anyone who would say that or think that is just revealing both their ignorance and a cold, right. cold heart. Uh, right. But there's most of our churches, I think, they want the pastor to not to be going through great difficulties and and mm-hmm. and they're yearning and wanting to the pastor to be able to be full time and uh yeah. you know so um you know just praying that it, once that clicks of look if we stop only thinking about finances and start just being consumed with souls pretty soon the finances will take care of themselves because we're yeah, adding yeah. to the church daily such as it should be saved. Yeah, yeah. I think you're safe as long as you don't drive a newer vehicle than most of your church people. <laughs> 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 you roll in a, in a 2023 Cadillac, um, there's probably going to be some people wondering. <laughs> yeah, I remember years ago. <laughs> Even if it was given to you. Lake, it was given to you. He, uh, he got yep. a Cadillac. Yeah. And and yep. all he said all the pastors were going, oh, Lakin thinks he's really hot stuff driving a Cadillac. Well, yep. And he said yep. that's all he heard. So he sold the Cadillac and got a Buick. And then all the pastors went, hey, Lakin must not be doing too good. He's driving a Buick. Doesn't that's and right. so he went, ah, puke. And he went and bought a Cadillac again and said, I don't care. That's right. I heard somebody said to him, oh, 
you're driving a Cadillac. Uh, some to the effect that you, you must make a lot of money. And he says, well, it's never hurt my plumber. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Wow. Hey, great week. Thank you again for the opportunity to do this with you. It's been great. Yeah, do not let the fear of finances keep you from doing the will of God. God yeah. will always provide, and he is certainly no man's debtor. So it is a thrill. It is a thrill to see how God answers prayer. Yeah. Hey, can we wrap this up? I got to go to work. <laughs> hey, amen. Time's time ticking. That's right. Wow. Finally. After 40 years. <laughs> yeah, finally getting a job, a real job. I love that line too. Oh, you're going to get a yeah, real, real job? job yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast right there. I'm Al Stone. I am in... Uh, where am I? I'm in Norwalk. I'm in Norwalk <laughs> with Brother Rich Foreman doing revival. I don't even know where I am anymore. There I am. I'll be heading home soon. So thank you for a great week, and uh, God bless you. Hey, Bearing Precious Seed, doing well, but we could always use just a Amen. little more. And uh, we're trying to make, we're trying to match that um, that goal of a two hundred fifty thousand dollars Canadian, and and we're doing it. It's slow and steady, but man, I'd like to get that done so we can hurry up and finish that up. Things are going great in New Brunswick. Uh, we had a gentleman who got saved Amen. from one of our John and Romans mailings. Yeah, it was awesome. So that's that makes it worthwhile. So keep that coming in. Help us with that. We sure appreciate it. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio, heading into the busy, busy time of year. Youth camps and vacation Bible schools mm. and projects and all kinds of extra things. So uh, we are... We are running and running and running, and hopefully we're making progress. Yeah, amen. This is Tim Talks. Thanks for being with us. Uh, this is the weekend, so you're getting ready to go to church amen. on Sunday. Man, go and support your pastor. Amen. Tell him you love him, appreciate him. If the guy's working hard, man, take him out for lunch, do something. And pastors, for those people in your church that maybe are just going through a tough time, why don't you take them out for lunch? Amen. This is Tim Talks, and busting into the house right now, he can hear you. Say hi. Hi. He said, how are you? Good. Oh, good. Oh. This is my little sweetie. Awesome. She's on Tim Talks. Do you love Tim Talks? Yes. Do you love Poppy on Tim Talks or Pastor Wolven? Or both? Pastor Wolven. Pastor Wolven? Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's the best, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. So from St. Thomas, Ontario, this is Poppy and Isla saying bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listen to Tim talk wherever you. <laughs> Have a great weekend, day. Eh? This has been a great week, and we look forward to having you back next week. You've been listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com. <laughs>